Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Friday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and on this occasion I am joined in person by Tony Anderson. Hello Craig. And we are going to talk through the midweek fixtures in the Singe Premiership. It's going back and forth so many times. Thankfully we only have one more midweek round between now and the split. It's, it's, it is hard going. I mean, I don't want to... I, I love doing podcasts, and it's obviously something we, we love everyone supporting us, and we love the, the sort of opportunities that it brings us, but it becomes really fucking hard going when it's... Because you try to watch all these games, you're like, needing to sit, and you want to watch them properly because you want to give the audience sort of some sort of insight, that's what they're listening for. But, uh, and then you go on the other side, as a Hibs fan... It's, it's, I feel like I've watched Hibs lose every day since November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just look, tired. Look, uh, you wondered as well when we were at the Simon game whether the crowd, whether the, the, the amount of fixtures were having an effect on the crowd as well. Mm. We're just like, there's so many games, and when your team's not playing well, it's like, oh, can I, like cause I didn't need, I nearly didn't go to the Dundee game. I'm not saying hindsight, I wish I did not, yeah. uh, but I really didn't go because I was knackered after filming the, the first episode mm. back. But it was the only reason I went is that hearts to be good this season. Mm. It's like, how long does that last? Uh, partly until Wednesday night. Like <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I've, I've just saw that. Um, I saw on Twitter that maybe Hearts have shifted a lot of tickets for the cup game. Uh, that's a really surprise me. No, no, but I'm just saying that it's an example. Hearts ah. fans have been doing really good. It's been a really big time for the club, the fan ownership. If they were playing weekend to weekend, it'd probably be more. Yeah. But, but it's, but it's been a bit oversaturated recently. And it just is. It, it can be tough going. Like I said, I, I got the boost with Maloney coming in. So I went to Motherwell and I went to like all those games in a row and we didn't score any goals. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Christ. And then we went to the Samirin game and it's cold. And I was like, if, if, if all it took was... If you weren't coming and Duncan was like, I was meeting, I sit with Duncan. If he'd said, oh no, I kind of get through there, I'd be a hard push for me to travel from here to there by myself to sit and watch it. Really would have been tough. Right, let's uh, start off with... The... <laughs> but we like football, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but let's start off with, yeah, we'll probably won't go too in-depth on a lot of these teams, uh, a lot of these games. Uh, but let's start off with the game at uh, Tidecastle because it was a biggest shock. Uh, mm. the biggest, yeah, definitely the biggest surprising result of the midweek games. Dundee... At one point in this match, there were four points adrift at the bottom of the table, but now they're no longer even at the bottom, having uh, two games went in their favour in terms of a team being 1-0 up and then losing the contest. Hearts done it against Dundee, St Johnson done it against the men, we'll get to that game shortly. But Dundee go to Tynecastle for the second time this season, managing to avoid defeat against Hearts in Gorgie, winning 2-1. And, yeah, I mean, I'll talk briefly, I'll, I'll talk about Dundee right now. Okay. Um... Because I don't want to, I don't want to focus on them too much. Because I still don't think they were that good, <laughs> but they definitely got better in the second half, much better than they played in the first, and uh, they made some good substitutions at the right times. Now again, 
He crossed for the, the winning goal. He had a bit of a kind of creative effect after coming off the bench. Max Anderson was a good substitute at the time. He brought a bit more legs to the midfield and allowed Dundee to to kind of you know show a bit to kind of have at, at that point in the match when it was one each and could go either way. Dundee had a bit more legs than they did earlier in the game and. Also as well, the defence deserves a bit of credit and Ryan Sweeney was very good. Liam Fontaine... That's, that's, that's big news because, I mean, that defence has been woeful and Sweeney's been pretty bad himself because he's the one I feel there's a bit more expectation on than, than maybe some of the others. He made a crucial clearance off the line as well at 1-0 in the first half, which if, if that goes in the games, you can't really see Dundee coming back from that. And even like, I think Cam Kerr had a decent enough game as well, and Liam Fontaine wasn't bad here. And the goalkeeper, he, he makes a howler for the first goal, mm. but he, he responds with some very decent saves. Uh, although, I uh, will, I'm starting to get a bit infuriated, even though he's a good player and he scored in this game. Ellis Sims just seems to be one of these forwards that just wants to batter it at the goalkeeper every chance he gets. Mm. So there's no, so he's the, the opposite of Nisbet, because Nisbet always wants to caress the ball into the corner yeah. and use his foot and, the, and his side foot. But Sims is it all about the laces every single time. Aye, aye, aye. And he just seems to smash it off the keeper like loads. Even the goal he scored, the keeper yeah. should have saved it, went aye. through him. And yeah, but I don't want to give, and this might sound like sour grapes, but I don't think, even though Dundee improved in the second half and McPay got his substitutions right in that sense, I think a lot of this was of hearts making. They should have had the game buried in the first half. They, they missed chances in, in addition to, to scoring the goal. They also missed chances at uh, before it went one each in the second half and then after it went one each and then the real kind of shooting themselves in the foot Robin Nielsen makes a tactical change on 65 minutes he brings off let me try and remember who it was Andy Halliday Halliday came off at 65 yeah Halliday was actually having a decent game as well at left wing back took him off and brought on Josh Ginelli and he changed the shape of the team instead of the 3-4-3 he went 4-4-2 now I don't want to go too over the top on it because I kind of thought it made sense at the time Dundee had lined up at a 4-4-2 uh, when I was going to the Dundee players, I should have uh, give credit to Danny Mullen. He had a really good game and uh, scored as well. And that's kind of one of those ones like Danny Mullen, like I've slagged him off for his inability to score. Of course, he scores against Hartford yeah. right after I said that. And uh, Rudd had a, a decent enough match as well. They'd done a power of work up front because they had to be kind of defensive a lot of, of course, the time. Yeah. Uh, but some decent movement amongst them as well. And so Hearts change it to go 4 4 2. You think, okay, well, they're matching up with Dundee. That just means, like, you know, let's throw the kind of tactics out the window. Let's just see if you can. Um, like be, be man to man, man, to man, man. man. Yeah, yeah. Be, be better man to man, and then be you better than the, the player that you're up against an individual. Yes, but the problem was that Hearts before then, so the game was one each, and yeah, you're making that change to to be a bit more attacking because you're bringing on another really kind of attacking player in Girelli, and you're going four four two with two wingers in the park. So it is kind of like okay, we're one each against Dundee. We've got twenty five minutes left. Let's let's really go for it. But that's kind of sub that. I could maybe maybe something you should be waiting until like ten to go to do that because after that Hearts barely created another chance. They really weren't carving open Dundee in the manner that they were beforehand, and it, the game really that they struggled to get the ball into the areas they had before. Sims and, and Boyce weren't really doing much in terms of Lincoln. They had to go direct a bit more, and it was just kind of coming back with Sweeney in particular winning a lot of his headers. And so Nielsen for me really got his tactics wrong in that one. And another. Um, Another facet of this game in the second half was that Benny Beningame and Peter Harrod really lost the midfield battle to Dundee's, to Dundee's midfield, and he didn't try to change it. He he kept those... Well, sorry, he took off Beningame with 10 to go, but that was to bring on Ben Woodburn to try... And mm-hmm. that was after Hearts had gone 2-1 down, so he was trying to bring on another attacking yeah, player yeah. to get the goal back. But had he introduced Cammy Devlin with about half an hour to go, and maybe just done that as opposed to taking off and changing the system, I could still see Hearts. It was kind of looking like it would be one of those nights, but I could I wouldn't have seen Hearts losing the game if it wasn't for that sub. Dev- Devlin's quite Devlin's quite aggressive and he's pressing. He likes to go looking for the ball as well. So uh, you'd be bringing in someone who can hold the shape, but would be quite proactive and try to get Hearts the ball back quickly and then feeding the feeding the, the sort of forward players. Haring did have a good pass. For a, a great chance, he had a very it. good. F- uh, well, not very good. He had a good first half, but that, the second half he was shocking. Yeah. Uh, it was one of uh, Hammond's worst performances of the season. Beringham wasn't really at it at all. He could have followed on for his show in Ibrox where he was poor as well. And so, because uh, so, is it fair to say that Beringham's after an incredible start? Not been poor, but has had quite a substantial drop off. He's probably yeah. I mean, he just got back from injury, and he was decent enough against Mother One. Mm. I thought he was really good against Hibs, but he's, like, the last two games he's been guff. <laughs> and um, 
there is with him in the team as well. There is kind of a, a lack of, and this is the, this is the the weakness the Hearts have in the midfield. I mean, they've got two, they've got three guys who are excellent at winning the ball back and protecting the defence, but none of them are very good at kind of feeding, contributing the attack. Devlin's the only one that can make the runs that can create space for other attackers, but he's never going to score. Harden is quite similar. He's the chances of him scoring are very rare. He's also a bit kind of plodding, but what he does do is show a lot of. Composure and confidence on the ball in terms of he's probably the best of the, the three in passing it forward, and especially when he's kind of long diagonals. And that's where I think that Barry McKay's been really good this season, uh, but a lot lands on his shoulders. He has to come and get the ball from deep, he has to drive with the ball. I always feel like his game peters out towards the end quite a lot. And is that, and I'm not saying that's a lack of fitness, and obviously I don't see him as much as you, but because of the sheer weight of responsibility on him, maybe? Yeah, I would still keep him on. I always think it's daft to take him off. He's mm. always the one most reliable to create a chance. Maybe let him just be further forward, tell him to maybe just play him off a striker and play him as... Or just like, even if he starts to dip out of games, just oh. the fact that he, he's got the vision to see stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Also, before he was taken off, he was kind of marginalised being stuck out in the left wing anyway. Mm. Um, I know he played that for Rangers, but he always played, usually played in a three rather than a four. And that's what he's done for Hearts as well. And the fact he was in a four meant he was a bit more glued to the touchline and didn't have as many avenues. When, you've, when you take your most creative player and only stick him on one side of the field, you're going to limit what he can mm. do. So... Yeah, there was a lot of bad decisions for, for Nielsen, but fair play to Dundee. They, they certainly, as I said, the kind of midfield, their midfield players, uh, Sean Byrne, yeah, I think he was another one who had a decent game. They really could have got the better Hearts in that area in terms of the workload they put in. Like I say, I don't think they would have got the victory if Hearts hadn't made that tactical change. Mm. And at that point, they were a bit lucky to be level anyway because Hearts had missed chances and the goal that they scored as well. I mean, They're always going to need an element of luck. Yes. Dundee, this, certainly this Dundee team to, come, to go to Tincastle and, and win. But the goal that they scored, Taylor Moorman. Oh, God, so bad. It's, it's, he sees them. Um, and then he just the tiptoeing back like Mullen then what do you say never let the striker see your shirt number he's got it and then he can just run right across him. he's really proactive Mullen and yeah. it's good but I mean it's it's coaching 101 for a striker if the guy if he's going to look at you get across him straight away he needs to make the, the more difficult cross uh, or, or look to try and cut it out rather than he just gets flat footed completely it's really poor really poor Right, so that was a massive win for Dundee and we'll get to why it was just after this message. Roses are red, violets are blue, don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped the leaders in below-the-waist men's grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code TERRACE for 20% off and free shipping. January has been and gone. It's a lazy month. It's a month where you can be forgiven for getting behind on your personal hygiene. But it's time now to get everything nice, neat, tidy and smelling fresh. And Manscaped is here for you. With the Performance Package 4.0, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. You get the Weed Whacker. You get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. You get the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. And the Manscaped Refined Cologne. There's also two free gifts thrown in. Their Shed Travel Bag and their Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Which, as I've said before, I do rate quite highly and wear often. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code Terrace at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code Terrace. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. So, next game, St Mirren 2, St Johnston 1. St Johnston took the lead from the penalty spot, but couldn't hold on to get anything from this match. They made a similar, uh, for what I read, they made a similar kind of 4-4-2 switch in the second half, which didn't pay off for them. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of parallels between these two games. It was St Mirren in the end who got the victory um, with, uh, what's his name again? Grieve. Keep Alex Grieve. Alex Grieve. Keep what I call him, like, Craig Grieve, who went to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, inside joke for everyone there. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I thought it was quite a sweet. <laughs> There'll be about three people out there just uh, giving it the kind of oh, mm. <laughs> good reference. Uh, Alex, give it's sort of quite a nice story to come from what almost amateur football in New Zealand was it? And now he's well, I think banging them in would be getting carried away. <laughs> scoring a goal, scoring a goal, and um, and so against Hibs, his work rate was really good and. He's sort of like, um, he's quite different from Brophy. So I think there's a blend to be had there in the way that they can play. But Brophy might struggle, man. I don't I don't know how much Brophy will suit playing with Kilty and the, the, the shape that 
Um, St Mirren went for in this game they had Jordan the four two three one and they had Jones Ronan and Kilty in behind and that sounds like quite a lot of quality quite a lot of variations and in, in their play but having Brophy who likes to drop deep and shoot uh, I don't know how much that will suit them and you see like the goal that Greaves scored I don't know how often Brophy scores that goal I don't know I think he went harsher Brophy I think he looked decent before he got injured this this yeah. year yes yeah he did but I'm saying the team's changed already and he's and he's absent I'm not being harsh I'm not saying that Brophy Brophy is streets ahead of Greaves <laughs> no but I think what I was saying is I think they'd already kind of changed the system because it went from the three to the four uh, already this year and Brophy looked good at it because yeah. he had Kilty playing quite close, close to him. him. So that, but maybe, maybe, maybe I am being a bit harsh, but just that well, I, I saw that... Well, what I saw about Grieve against Hibbs, Brophy's still better at playing ways back to, to goal. goal. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it worked really well, and that goal, St Johnson will be disgraceful, losing that type of goal from a cross ball for Kilty when you're... Pl- I hate low crosses to the back post that a striker taps in when you're playing with three centre-halves, infuriates me. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, you should almost, if you're going to be playing with a back five, you well, should, that should be eliminated. By that point, there was four. Well, there was only two centre-halves. Oh, well, I don't know, wasn't it? It was only after an hour that they made the changes. When was, oh wait, sorry. The goal was earlier. They made the changes after that. Oh, did they? Sorry, ah, sorry. Because McCart, McCart, um, McCart was out of position um, for the for the cross of the goal, and it was still Cleary and Gordon that were coming in. <laughs> So let me. Uh, I only saw the highlights of this. You watched the game, so that's why you know more. Of me. There must have been not much happened after Alex Green scored. No, no, it didn't. That's why I. When you, you, you I'm came, actually stunned to see that was in the 49th minute. minute. Yeah, because you you came you came when you came in. I was sitting. What I'd done the back to back. I finished work at about the back of four. Uh, finished early and then I was sitting what try to watch the effective time the two games and I was coming to the end of my tether after watching two games completely back to back and I, I just shut off because it, it dies a death after that and that tells you a whole lot about St Johnston yeah that is that is poor that's, yeah and I think but that was a kind of complaint as well that amongst Johnson fans that the tactical change to go to the four didn't didn't help them at all no no it did, nothing changed whatsoever in terms of them getting forward they lack so much quality, uh, like Middleton was decent last season, but he, 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 it was just it was a purple patch. I think we can all now fully agree that there's no arguments that Middleton had a purple patch last season, and the years before that and this season are a much more accurate way of uh, describing Middleton. And even their goal, it was like Middleton and Hendry did link up, but in the most agricultural way you could possibly have a front to link up going up the line <laughs> like, like basically fighting with everyone up the line it reminded me a bit of uh, Callahan and, uh, and Bruce Anderson last season well a lot of the time when they were when they would link up and they were just fighting nearly giving the ball away scrapping keeping it and eventually um, Middleton gets away and he gets tugged back and it's and it's a stonewall penalty that, that Hendry puts away but yeah the, the signings just seem so sensible that, that St Mirren have made um, even bringing Gogic in there Gogic in power is a really good baseline now for them to if you're going to have three attacking sort of skillful types of players and Kilty Jones and then maybe even Brophy in the future and, and obviously Connor Ronan that's a really nice base and, and they can have that and, and power's good enough to sort of drive forward and, and play the ball forward and then you've got Gogic and the way that you can only have Gogic is to play a specific role we, we saw it, it worked relatively well at Hibs last season. It fell off a cliff this season when, when he tried to play. But I think it was the right. Gogic had to go. The fans had fallen out with them. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, 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 he, and, and, the, and the team, they were way they were trying to play, totally passed them by and he was just falling out of games. And I watched this and Gogic was right involved and he wasn't getting shit for just hooking the ball forward sometimes. And and, the, the, and it works for some because they can play, they can get the ball forward quite quickly because now they've got these four players and like you say, Brophy can come back later and, and it's and it's really good good fun. I think they've got a lot and I love it when they score when Disco Land comes on and then and on um, Y Scout you don't uh, they, there's no commentary when you're watching it so you get to hear the crowd loud and clear and it's just fun listening to, oh, at, like after the goal going on for a while I was like that's a good choice of a uh, goal song so well done Paisley for that I think St Johnson were a bit harshly done with the penalty decision though I didn't who was the referee by the way like I don't know if you've got that to hand because I did not recognise him at all. He looked like a kind of discount. He looked like if you'd try uh, if you'd bought um, John Beaton from Wish. Okay, um, I'm just saying I've got the match report here and I can't. Why scout? I don't know if it does reference. Nah, I can maybe check on. I've got BBC Sport open as well. They'll they'll tell you, won't they? Yes. 
Uh, so bear with me one second, Craig. Why don't you tell our uh, listeners something about your life? <laughs> I'll just talk about the bit. I think. <laughs> so the cross comes in. McCart he has his he has his like elbow tucked into his chest, mm-hmm. but he does he does kind of fall like towards the ball, and the ball kind of seems to hit his elbow. It's, but he'd, he had it so tucked in that I just thought, like, surely you, you won't be given that. And he didn't like. It didn't. It didn't seem like he twisted his body to do it. I can kind of. It looks a bit in full speed. It looks a bit kind of dodgy. So I can maybe see why the referee give it. But and I'm not even like I used to pride myself of being an expert on a lot of these rules and how they were implemented. I've I've struggled to get my head around this uh, the handball rule since the changes a couple of seasons ago. So I don't know whether what comes first or not. <laughs> David Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good that's really good uh, <laughs> did not expect yeah, that at yeah. all that's, that's, that's extra my memory I don't normally know a lot about the refs but that one's sticking with me Dave Dickinson <laughs> is a referee in Scottish football now there'll be a lot of jokes about that <laughs> I've never heard of him um, yeah but that, that must be uh, that's, that's got to be one of his first games in the top flight it must be uh, yeah but I, I was the same I, I, thought, I actually thought that the, it was for a bundle the, the penalty but then when we watched it closer it, it, it definitely for the handball but it's it's ridiculously harsh but as I said when I was going back to St Johnston the lack of quality man in that team there's there's absolutely nothing there's just there's just nothing to hang your hat on who's who's going to create the chances who like Butterfield and that comes on and you're like this is just another of the types of midfielders you have I don't I don't understand the signing policy there we're getting a guy like Butterfield it's not that he's rubbish but it's just it's just that you've already got your Craigs and your Davidsons and it's just it's just the same thing James Brown was taken out of the team for Tom Sang who they got in on loan from Cardiff how did he look Pish. <laughs> again and I was watching because I was like oh I could Brown I've, I've, I mean I've made my feelings clear about James Brown over a, a while now and uh, Sang and he got hooked after an hour as well uh, Jones, he was, he was. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh because he he kept Jones out the game for little periods. But Jones, the, what I like about Jones is there's variation in his play. He, he he's quite happy to play an early cross. So while he's quite quick and he's got good close control, he doesn't always go to the byline. So he keeps a defender guessing. But Sang never really got anywhere near him uh, at any point to stop him doing whatever he wanted. So. Yeah, not for me either. Gallagher's not so bad at left back. I can see him. He's industrious. I'm going to talk about another industrious fullback. But you know when they're they're quick, they're agile. They can get up and down. They don't have a lot of quality, but that means they can hold. They can hold the shape together, and they can help you make the pitch bigger when you're going mm-hmm. forward. So it's more of a tactical thing. You don't expect the world from them, but they're passable. Well, as your Sangs and your Browns. They just don't do anything, man. They just don't. They just, I don't understand. Brown, aside from he's not even there, but he's just—he is the most boring player in Scotland. Right, let's move up to the game at Pataudry, Aberdeen to Celtic three. Probably the most exciting game from the midweek action, and Aberdeen coming back from two goals down, tying it up at two each, and then letting Celtic score again with a, a big hint of offside. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtic scoring just immediately after Aberdeen had made it two each. Uh, Aberdeen started in a Stephen Glass, man, he just can't get his team right. Like I talked about it at the weekend, how he, he shaped, he changed formations a couple of times before he got a formation that worked for his side. So he started again in this one with a formation that didn't work. It was a narrow three, sorry, a narrow five-three-two. Uh, so you can see maybe the thinking: get the centre halves to mark up on Celtic's midfield three. Hope that the fullbacks go inside quite a lot, and then you can use your your wing backs as extra defensive cover, and you can stop Celtic from doing that. That didn't work at all. Celtic in the first half, uh, well, they only had Aberdeen used this for the first half. They attacked very often down Aberdeen's left and created a number of opportunities through that, including the two goals Mm. as well. So it really didn't work for Aberdeen. And I've been thinking about this. Like, so Aberdeen are... The system's not work. They're 2-0 down to Celtic. They're not getting anything going in attack as well because they're playing this narrow system. The only chance they've got is hitting Celtic on the break, mm. which they did once, maybe, in the first half. Like, really not often at all. They're going to need to change it to get back in the game. Do you wait till half... You've got five subs there, so you can make changes early. 
But obviously there's a thing, there's the, the stigma attached to being brought off mm-hmm. early if you're a team. If you're a player, sorry. But also as well, I wonder whether you wait till half time so you can really get the message across about what you want to change it to mm. and then, you know, get them re-energised. But it, it does feel a bit... But on the other hand, like, they've wasted like 20 minutes of the game that they have to try and get back into it with a formation that's not working. Especially against a team like Celtic. You're yeah. not, you might not get... I know they, they did get back in it, but you might not get the chance to survive that. Yeah. So maybe if you're playing... St Johnston or, or, or Livingston or something I mean Livingston's probably a, a bad example but you understand what I mean that maybe I can hang in there we'll just hang in there and then I'll get them in but Celtic you probably have to be proactive if you're going to get anything from the game yeah and some of the problem as well is that with the formation you can tell it was an issue when David Bates kept having to come out to like the wing basically left back area yeah to track Celtic defenders as Johnny Hayes and Johnny Hayes didn't really have a good game at, at the kind of like I say left wing back but he was more really left back they then, to be fair, there was a bit of, probably across the course of this game, they can maybe also count themselves a bit unfortunate. The first goal, it's a really kind of bad mistake by, by Woods, where the ball's not bouncing that much. There's not, it goes across the face of the goal, but there's nobody enough close enough to it that you could really think that somebody's going to knock it in, so it yeah. freezes you. He should be coming more confidently to just collect it. What did you think about Ramsey at that point? Eh... Uh, could do maybe a bit better, but we're just still getting there. Yeah, first. he thinks that he's probably just thinking he's just covering, thinking. Yeah, the woods is just and woods just pushes it off of Jota. Yeah, it's, as far as I can tell, it was kind of re- quite hard to see exactly what happened. That's what looks like what. Ah, happened. Scott, like I enjoyed Jota's celebration for it. Absolutely going absolutely mad for it. Like a player, it just it shows how much he's into it because he's going mad and he's scored an absolute scrappy goal when he's just like a stylish player. He is right into the fans and he's doing the golf shot, pretending to Joe Hart and all that, like because he's scored with his shin. And then the second goal takes a massive deflection, O'Reilly's goal. So they're a bit unlucky there. And Celtic's winner as well. Big kind of hint of offside. It's hard to tell whether he is actually offside though. But if he is, he's definitely interfering with play because he basically blocks off David Bates and it should be disallowed. But The, the referees, I saw Dermot Gallagher or something on the Sky Sports News thing and they were looking at it and he said it, it, it should be allowed. Oh, right, really? I mean, that again, the way the offside rules started to change... Um, from uh, and just like the handball rule, it starts to get really. So was really he saying difficult. that was like a second phase as soon as he comes you, back on side? Yeah, he, yeah. He can block off baits if he wants. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's, right. it's very it's, it gets confusing, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. But that's still a bit unlucky. I still well. think I still think it was offside. I think it was. I I, I disagree with the referee <laughs> who's, who's sitting there telling me. But you know, maybe like that's just what I mean about the rules. But I just it really annoys me because it's just that guy is interfering with play and it's not. He's offside. So Aberdeen changed it for the second half. They went to a 4-2-3-1 with Kennedy and Ojo coming on for McGeoch and Ramsey. And Bejuin, Bezzy, went to the left. Kennedy the right with Ferguson as number 10. And immediately, like, Brown and Ojo as they kind of sit in two midfielders immediately gave them a lot more cover on the flanks because they were able to, because the two of them kind of in that position, they were able to mm. split out and, and really kind of stop those attacks as the deeper midfielders. While also as well, they, they got some a lot of joy themselves down the flanks that was kind of really where Aberdeen done a lot of their damage in the second half getting down the wings getting balls into the box and both of the, the both of the goals kind of came for that one was Hayes getting fouled uh, after he'd done a wee kind of thing on the on the, on the wing with McCrory oh sorry not McCrory um, with, with Bezzy and then it was called back that the it's a goal and then on the other side as well it's McCrory charging forward winning the free kick and then the, the score for that as well and they still threatened a wee bit after Celtic went back in front going down the wings but Stephen Glass how about you you know come up with a good formation from the kickoff uh, at some point so, do you want to know the way you use McGeoch I find strange like seeing games where you're not when they're going to be under the cosh I don't think McGeoch's the world's best off the ball as a central midfielder but I think he's absolutely great at linking things together well he certainly was so I just find it weird that this is the game that he wheels him out for when he doesn't play him every week. This is the choice. I find that weird. I'd want him in a lot of the other games um, to allow people to like, take it off the defender. You never have to go, especially with Glass. I thought McGeeo could be his man with the way that he spoke about the style of play wide, but he's better now. But I saw that was when I first saw it, I was like, nah, it's a weird game to suddenly wheel out the old Dylan McGeeock, but he went for it all the same. Uh, Ramirez, I think it's fair enough to talk about him. Uh, and he got that disallowed goal he scored that a few times this season, that swivel and like strike. He is, he's, he's a deadly finisher, Ramirez. People can talk about the pros and cons of him as, a, as an all-round player, but as, in between the posts, he scored a variety of goals. He has been a good signing. 
Um, but that that one that got disallowed, that's that in my head, that's starting to become uh, sort of like Ramirez at his best, but he doesn't even he, he knows where the goal is so well that he can just swivel and smash it, and it mm-hmm. goes right into the corner. So I was uh, quite impressed. And McCrory, so oh, I get. I feel really sad about McCrory at Aberdeen. I, I do, he was so good when he first went. Yeah. You could see, and, and it's all been stunted. And, and I'm not saying it's Aberdeen's fault. I know they need to play him, and uh, and I know they need, they've, they've had issues at the back, and they've not had the right players, and Constantine and Gallup, different players have got injured. But it is a bit sad that we've not been able to see him develop at all. It, yeah, he just get moved about all the yeah, time. Yeah, and so we're never going to see. And, and I think he would suit it really well. He could be a ball carrier for them, which they arguably lack uh, and like McCrory and Ferguson and when it started I was like right that's going to be good that's going to be good you're going to see that all going for for, for Aberdeen and I just I just as I said I'm not I'm not blaming anyone I, I understand the injuries and I understand he's but I feel it is a bit of a shame because I think giving him a run in that central midfield position you'd start to see the best of him come again and, and he's and he's good Dyson Maeda not convinced as a as a striker, yeah, he's he's gonna. It's always hard with them Celtic strikers because they're going to score. So their stats, all you know, and they yeah. are good. They're all going to score, they're, but their stats. So their stats always look okay when you when you have a look at. It. But I like you're saying. I, I didn't watch it, so I'm interested to hear this because when you watch them closer, you start to see what they lack. Yeah, I thought it's, his touch isn't as good as I can initially thought it was, and it just. As I can, he, he does a lot of work up front, but I'm not sure how much quality there is there as a Celtic player. Yeah, he's a workhorse. I, I was thinking that the times I saw him, uh, that he's a bit of a workhorse striker. Like you'd be picturing him playing for another Scottish team rather mm-hmm. than, than like he's, he looks like a good, bo- a good bog standard Scottish player. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? A good bog standard. So I'll be. Um, now that you said that, after watching him for ninety minutes, saying, I'm going to I'm going to keep an eye on him there. Yeah. Right, let's move to the game in Dingwall. Ross County left it very late but managed to get a draw against Livingston who took the lead and missed a penalty at 1-0 that uh, would have surely wrapped the game up in their favour but County continue to pick up results as they look up towards the top six really which is, uh, as we talked about in the last show was wild but it's, it's a reality now and uh, they managed to survive this one with a very... Very strange goal at the end, has to be said, Tony. Oh, bonkers. And what's he doing? <laughs> it's a strike. Like, so many people in the box. And the cross from Spittle is not a good ball. It's like it's, it's like he doesn't back himself to put in quality. So he does the sort of golf shot high because he knows he's going to get into the, the mixer that way. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? That That's the easiest way for him to get that ball in there without it up so rather than just playing like so there's no pace on it it's just right up and down to land in there and the goalie decides to come no one is going to be able to get a good header on that kind of ball no one's going to like you the neck muscles you need to (laughs) to make that like to make it happen for that the likelihood is that you're probably not going to get anywhere near the goal but the minute the goalie comes out it means that if a Ross County player can divert that onto the goal with no pace it's it's a goal. So he just evacuates the goal and there's no... It's, but you'd, you'd be bailing. And the strike, like Legsons at Dundee, they're very frustrating goal. Again, like we talk about this about defenders. You don't want inconsistent or rash goalkeepers. And I feel those two... Really, they are because I've seen that some weeks. So, strike! Oh, they've got another. The Celtic have kept the clean sheet. He's obviously going to have to have a brilliant game. Easter Road, he, he made some good save. You know, like these games, you're like, oh, he's good. And legs at the same. Legs and it's cost them six points against County this season. They're, they're huge sticking points that at the end of the season you look back and go, well, if he doesn't fuck up, then we've stayed up. Yeah. So it's like, but I found the game while not good. Um, and not, not a lot of chances not exciting it's something to sit to try and analyse for, for this I found it quite interesting obviously Martindale was a really interesting manager anyway tactically and the way that Mackay has Ross County set up I think relatively unique off the ball it's extremely narrow man everyone comes in and it's like Regan Charles Cook's really central Callahan's really central and Hungbo's really central and I think he's got a respect Mark Mackay for how fit and sort of mobile all three of them actually are. So, like, when they come and they're off the ball like that, and then they just, it's just about who's closest to get out wide when they need to make shape and to be, give, a, like, to give avenues for passes for Ross County players when they get on the ball. So, it's like you see them turn up all over the pitch. Yes, Hungbo is more on the left 
and, and Charles Cook is more than a bit they are so central and Charles Cook picks up the ball central and drive in quite a lot and Callahan ends up on the right and I was speaking about that I've watched them back to back now um, and it's, it's it's really quite interesting it's like uh, the only way I could was imagine it's like um, Gus Hiddink done it with South Korea if you want to get really geeky back in 2002 and he played with every single player played narrow and then they all were so fit that they would just, it was like a 2 2 2 2 2. Mm-hmm. Don't quite do it tactically because they play fullbacks, but it's a similar sort of, um, the rules are sort of similar for it. Where he's doing it. So it's interesting. And now he's got Spittle on the pitch and they've got a goal for that, even though I was slagging off the style of the cross. He's managed to get all the quality players because I've spoke a few months ago about can we try to get all these sort of the good players and. Uh, and now with Spittle there and watching this game, I was like, is he, is Spittle now going to go on and have like Jason Holt's career? Just because they were both on the pit. <laughs> it's like he's a diminutive sort of forward, sort of behind the striker type player, quite technical, skillful, and now he's getting moved back. I and don't think he's tenacious enough for that, because yeah. Jason Holt is a tenacious wee fucker. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that'll be more, but that's what he's trying, Marky McKay is trying to do that, and like, Spittle was putting in some tackles, and he, and he was certainly working, working back, and then, when you go to, to Livingston, I was watching, obviously, I got the Nuble again, which is just so much fun, man. Just, you forget, so you're watching the game, so you click it on, and it's like a cartoon starts, and it's like, who the fuck is that? He's absolutely, <laughs> just walk, when he just walks into the camera, this guy is obscenely big. <laughs> it's funny as well, it seems like it's going to be Nuble away for home, or is it Nuble or Nuble? <laughs> Nuble's better, so we're going for no, a little Nuble. <laughs> Take a nibble on the nubly. It looks like he's going to start away from home, mm-hmm. and at home they're going to play Bruce Anderson, which mm-hmm. kind of does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, more of the guy away from home who's going to do, like occupy the feathers and keep the ball sticking mm-hmm. up the p- field. Anderson can do it to an extent, but not as, as well as Nubly can. Whereas Anderson at home, because he's clearly got the better goal touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nubly, I mean, he only scored like five goals for our role. He might never score for Livingston. <laughs> They like those but types. Still, of, but still be good. They like those types of strikers. That, who's who loves them? Is it is it Ross County or I mean, Hamilton Aki's loved them? Oh, like, strikers that didn't score, but they could be a handful and they could help your team. But uh, Nubly was great, and um, Martindale visited a tactic he used last season with Jet having sort of like a really awkward sized player, and he used when he brought on Anderson later on. He moved Nubly. Nubly, I'm definitely going with Nubly <laughs> um, to, to to the left wing. And I was impressed with his work rate there as well. And he's, you're going to play for Livingston. That's all, always, Martindale's obviously been there for a long, long time. And work rate, well, I think that there's so much more to him that, which I'm going to come on to in a second. Um, he, he was fitting in with that, even going on the left, which I imagine is not somewhere he's been put very much. And he's kind of a better footballer than you'd assume. You know, you, you make, the stereotypes come up. The minute he comes in, you're like, right, bruiser. Just mm-hmm. get um, and he had a great battle with uh, Yakoviti. I thought Yakoviti was really, really impressive against him because it's, you know, you're going on and you see him, you must be like, right, fucking hell, this is a unique experience for me. I can't just go, you know, you, when you go for a header, you have to play it smarter. You can't just go and challenge for the ball that you normally would. And I could see him cleverly biding his time and he's got, and he was winning a really quite a lot because Yakoviti isn't he the tallest defender either. Yeah. And he, and he won quite a lot and Yakoviti's ball playing was quite good. I think maybe he was a bit here. Maybe it was him that just arguably a pull header for the goal that Penrice pulls up for Forrest. But I did think both defences were were quite on top, and it was and I was impressed with that because Livingston with Forrest and uh, Nubly and Anderson they've all been quite in good form recently. And I know Forrest got the goal, and that was poor for. It would annoy them, but it was just show Forrest could barely get a kick in this, which really impressed me with County. I could see he was getting quite frustrated. But with a goal, it was like Penrice wins the ball, drive forward, and Forrest just like, obviously so confident, basically just takes it off him. And it's, he just demands it, and then he drives forward, and he just unleashes quite quickly and put in before. They don't react quick enough to come and stop it. There's three of them there to do it as well, and nobody actually gets close enough to stop the ball, but it shows the levels Forrest is hitting now that even in a game where he's struggling to get into it, he still has a major, major impact and score. But what I liked about Livingston, even when Nubly up front, the variety in their play, they're a good football team now, man. They Watching that and that weather as well, which was like ridiculous. Livingston played a lot of football. They passed the ball really well at points. Holt was dropping so deep. Like he was practically on the defender's toes a lot of the time, picking up the ball. And he gave it away a couple of times in, in dangerous areas. But in that way, that's probably going to happen. Um, 
and Omionga again was was just everywhere and he was superb but he had a few as you can see there was going to be a lot of missed kicks in this game because yeah. of that weather and Omionga had a few he got away with especially in the lead up to the goal actually got away with him but overall it's just really interesting to watch they've got the variety Livingston can have now when they, they, they do play good football and I, and I quite like watching them there but then they've also if they pass it about and you put them under too much pressure don't worry about it we'll just knock it up to him and they can keep the ball so They've got so a lot of options now at Livingston. They've got the right players in the right areas. Um, they got the st- and they probably should have won. They, they, they there was not a lot of chances, but then once um, Ross County had to move forward and and start committing, they created um, a few great. Anderson had a sitter when Devlin did a lung buster up the park from a corner, and Anderson should have scored. He kicked it out of the goalie, and then they obviously got the penalty, which was a stonewaller. A Penrice winning it again. Penrice, someone I watched quite closely. Never really giving them any respect. I'm just someone who's, just, you know what I mean. Just players just go past you. They, yeah. they don't. And but I thought he was all right. Again, someone like I've seen about Gallagher. He's got the work rate, the agility, the mobility, the fitness to do the job. And he put in some decent balls. Andy won. He won that penalty. Andy helped. He probably got. He got an assist for the goal as well, actually. Um, and then Obelai, who obviously we were talking up literally two days ago <laughs> and then right away he does this does the stutter penalty which we're also talking about there and blazes it over the bar um, but yeah all in all and well maybe not the most lots of goal mouth action I found the two teams are really quite interesting to watch just now Right, let's uh, move on to the game at Tannadice where Dundee United defeated Motherwell 2-0 to move back into fourth place in the in the South How? <laughs> the league's just the same again. Is this now the how Scottish football works? That nobody's good. So I saw the I saw the highlights for this game and then uh, I saw the team and seen 3-5-2 and thought, oh, have Dundee United figured something out here in terms of how best to use Tony Watt? They paired up with Mark McNulty. I thought, oh, right. I've, I've, as Tam Coach now found the right formula and this is going to be United between now and the end of the season they've got Tony Watt who when he left Motherwell for United or at least you know when he first signed for United was the top goal scorer in the league is he going to carry them then all the way to Europe <laughs> having watched the game they were United were not impressive at all Motherwell were Motherwell were the better side I would say and uh, the first goal especially comes out of nowhere from mm. a United point of view Motherwell really like kind of knocking on the door and looked like they were, they were going to take the lead themselves Dylan Levitt scores an absolute belter but at the same time it certainly helps to have Tony Watt playing through the centre because mm-hmm. it gives him the ability to roam all over the pitch so he was going at left a lot like he is wanting to do uh, like Tony Watt likes to do but he was also going over the right you've seen that with both goals goes over to the right with the first one Beats Ojala, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He was back from Motherwell. Cuts the ball back. It's it's a good cross, enough of a good cross that uh, Sondra Johansson could only clear it as far as the edge of the area, and then Levitt, you know, unleashes an absolute belter. And the second goal as well, he kind of drifts out to the right and comes in to attack the back post and finish off Niskanen's. Um, who I also thought for the highlights had a good game and then watched the game and I was like, no. <laughs> but I was, I was, one of the main things I was going to ask you because I know Duncan was Duncan was, was alluding to it that we were saying it's a shame this because of the team because they did use him and he was decent at points. I think he should still be in the team because he's that much of an impact. Yeah, yeah. He, he, could, he could put on that, that final bit of quality and, and Scott McMahon has a bit of quality for left back as well but to, you're asking him to be a wing back for a team in the top half he can maybe do it because he, he, he does have deceptive kind of creative abilities mm. but this case pace because you saw it with that goal it's yeah, pure so, about pace like yeah. out sprint like just takes takes a touch beyond just an action uh, yeah. beyond yeah, Mugabe and then just sprints away for, for Slattery and it's a good cross and obviously they probably don't they might not even get the victory without him because Motherwell would have a bit more belief about them but yeah I don't think he was that impressive otherwise but Motherwell since I, it's Motherwell is just one of those ones where it, it, it rains it pours kind of thing where I mean they could have had the lead 11 seconds in yeah, Sean Goss with a shot from 25-30 yards that Seagrest makes a brilliant save to just touch it onto the crossbar and then even for the free kick that, that comes from that the Goss hits, a, hits the the effort just over the crossbar they controlled much over the first half uh, they, they had a f- kind of narrow front three uh, that would kind of press the United defenders and really stop United from playing it out for the back Goss, which is pretty good when you're playing against a back three Right, Goss and Slattery were quite up at getting in support. They had, uh, I think it was Slattery had a header that he put wide. Jordan Roberts had a really good chance. That it was, it was, it was kind of hard to tell whether it hit his own player, but I don't think it did. I think he just skewed it wide. And uh, Efford had a shot that he, he should have, he should, maybe not necessarily better with the shot, although the shot was pretty poor, but it was more about the fact that 
when he picked up the ball, they were in like a three on three or even like a three on two, and he didn't use, didn't really use the play well enough. Head, use head down type. Of, ah, how was know. how was effort just in general? So it was alright. I mean, the, the Motherwell attacking players played quite like Woolery had a few kind of decent runs at the defence. Roberts had a couple of decent things. Effort was maybe the weakest of the three, but yeah, there was just it was kind of in the run that Motherwell were on. It was kind of just one of those days. Uh, the second half wasn't. They weren't as in, on top in the second period. United had kind of tightened things up a bit at the back, but they still weren't enjoying a lot of the football. So the goal, again, just kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> There's just another one, a 2-0 hole by that point, and yeah, no coming back for them then. It's just a weird a weird game. Don't often see that. No, no. And what was it? The, the tweet I saw that um, the podcast put out about Hibs, Aberdeen and Motherwell. Yeah. <laughs> Not one a game between them. Yes. All of the top six, well, not anymore, but all of the top Aye, six. That was it. If you include Hearts, so Hearts have played, so if you include Hearts, it's only two wins in 23 for the top six outside of Celtic and Rangers coming into this year. And only one of them's left in the top six. It's <laughs> only two of them, well, Hearts and Motherwell. And 2022 is the year of bloody. We're back to the years of the Diddies. They're back. Sorry, submitted Livingston. Let's have it in Ross County. Yeah. And somebody said this in our uh, Discord uh, forum, but it's like, it's one of those, because I said that, was it l- last year? I said, it's like, who's, who's winning all these games? There's like eight bad teams. <laughs> We're kidding at that again. Who's winning all these games? It's, it's just, it, we, we, again, it was only a few months ago, I think me and you sat here talking about the quality of the league and how it went up for last right. season. And then it's, it's not. It's we, were wrong. we were wrong. And uh, <laughs> nobody's good. Um... But that's the way we want it. It's just fucking bizarre and so impossible to really analyse it. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on to our final game, Rangers 2, Hibs 0. Tony, did you see this? I did. I got home. Uh, I went swimming and I was on my way home and I looked at the team and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> there's, there's three left-backs. Um, and uh, that, that, I mean, it's one of those... See, when these things happen, you know, when they make these sort of, um, these sort of team selections... You can be, you can get all the people. You can be really facetious about it and like really slag it off. And then obviously, when you look at it properly, and you know, you know, really, and your heart of heart, when you're looking at it, like you've obviously thought Stevenson in midfield. I get it. Um, and then Doig and Mitchell. Mitchell has the pace to go forward, and then obviously the protection, right? So I get it. But obviously, when, when it doesn't work, it really is so easily used against you as a manager. So it was, it was basically like seven defenders. Uh, it was funny, and then people were posting on, on like uh, Twitter and stuff, just like the the formation of Hibs, and it was just all the defenders seven. And then it was like <laughs> Henderson and someone else in midfield, and, and Doyle Hayes, and then just Nisbet Miles. <laughs> but this is what happened again. It's, you can, you're being silly. You're, you're you're being deliberately obtuse with it. You know you know what you're doing. But as I said, it can be with social media that can start working against you because it just you can it can just ramp it all up. Yeah. So. Um, when I was looking at it, so like, oh, and then then we lost penalty in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Paul again got Paul again back after a few weeks. Gives away a penalty, gets injured, fucks off. <laughs> Maloney, I think, wanted to keep him on, but he was saying that he was done. And then that actually helped Tibbs get back into it in the first half. Um, he brought on Jasper, Sylvester Jasper, and again he was really quite impressive. He, his work rate both ways was was really good. Um, and he's just he's, he's, he can take care of the ball. He can dribble quite nicely, and he makes sort of decent decisions. So I've got a lot of hopes for him, and I think we needed it. And again, further we started with three at the back, but the minute that that the game went off in about twelve minutes or something, we had forced to make the change to four, and Hibs looked much better mm-hmm. like that. But um, to go on to to Rangers, um, aye, they never got out of first gear, and they could have won that game anytime, anywhere, at any point. At any time of night, um, they absolutely strolled it in Morelos again. Him and Porteous having a nice wee running battle. It's always funny, but I noticed Morelos he wasn't getting as involved as he normally would, which is sad for the box office side of life. But um, just I'm starting to get this feeling with Morelos that he's done a lot of morphing at Rangers. As mm-hmm. Boy spoke about, he, ch- he changed his game, then he went off the boil a while while he was in that mid-change, and I feel like we're getting to the stage now where he's sort of brought all together, and he's done it all at Rangers. And it's like, you know when you say, it'd be better for him to stay another season. When yeah. you talk about players, I think that's, maybe not deliberately, but maybe has happened, and it is actually going to make Morelos a miles better player, even though he probably did want to leave yeah. when the, the, and like how the stars have aligned if someone comes and gets them at the end of this season I think they are getting 
really, really fucking good striker. He can do absolutely everything because he was dropping off. He was playing really intelligent passes. You know, like when, when the, the midfielder's about to come and get you, you just knock it around the side of him and there's a, another midfielder just coming on to get it and it's just, he's, he's so sharp and he's seen it and then his goal, I mean, where Rocky goes is... Something like, remember Rocky Machine against Celtic, where he just disappears. Yeah. See, anyway, where's he gone? Like, <laughs> that's definitely where there, there should be another defender there. And he just completely disappeared. And then you just see him, and you see him coming into the picture late. Where have you been? <laughs> and then uh, Morelos and the finish is like, it's so aggressive and it's just so confident because normally, I mean, that type of finish you don't normally do one on one with the goalie roofing the net. Yeah, it's like so, like obviously so on top, on point, so sharp. And then he goes through later on and he tries to dink the goalie. Not something you see Morelos do. No, I, I think that was just a flex at that point. He was trying to score a special goal. Just the game's over. Really, yeah. he knows it. But maybe again that he's, he's adding more to his games. He's starting to come. He's, he's thinking about his finishing more because his finishing's always been erratic. I think yeah. it's safe to say. So I just want to take this sort of opportunity. I mean, there's not much. LC Port John Lundstrom impressive for Rangers and, and that's again because he was good against Hearts as mm. well and he seems to have when I mean he never got a kick for ages under Van Bronckhorst and like I said last week I mean, when, when Sands came I thought right Van Bronckhorst wants to have one of these types of players so that must mean exit door for you but he's kept them both and then strange enough I thought well that definitely is the end but now he's come in and he was, he was good man he seems to have really come Got comfortable in that position, playing in that 4-2-3-1. His usage of the ball's better than when he first came in. He's passing forward. He, he understands that he's not going to get so long on the ball either. He's keeping it relatively simple. And he's quick. He's deceptively quick. And he gets back and he can sweep up for Rangers. And it allows them to have everyone sort of piling forward. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Ramsey came on, never done anything for another... Um, cameo he's I've just read he's starting at the weekend it's already been announced that he's in the cup and Hollander's back at the weekend which will be good because Balogun I think went off injured in this game so they did start to get to not very many defenders and you don't want Simpson coming in um, no. at all so <laughs> they'll be pleased to see Hollander back so Rangers really cooking with gas they've fair play to Van Bronckhorst because it was after that Celtic defeat you were like that kind of been coming as well Rangers haven't been good and suddenly he's managed to get the reaction where they've now went and probably their best performance of the season maybe against Hearts bounced right back with the best and then they never got to a first gear there against Hibs they probably could have scored more uh, and now he's got all the signings and they're starting to gel so it's really going to be really really interesting at that end of the league Right thank you very much Tony Anytime. Thank you to everybody for listening. We are now going to record the Patreon where we will preview these preview <laughs> preview the Scottish Cup. You're a, you're a prevert. <laughs> the Scottish Cup fixes Patreon.com forward slash terrorist podcast. Thank you. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.